25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West Lake Titans. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Football? What do you mean, football? I thought it was baseball season. (laughs) Nope. Nope. It's football season all day long and all week and all month and for the next, what, nine months? Oh, it ain't that long. Six, seven? Anyway, you get the point. Welcome in here today on a Thursday Coverage of SEC Media Days 2019 continues today here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service, people you get to deal with one-on-one. What's up, Roger? (laughs) How'd you like that intro? That was fun, wasn't it? Hey, better late than never, man. You know, better twice than just once. That's exactly right. Better yeah, late little, than never. Uh, had a little gremlin loose here in the studio. What else is new? <laughs> what else is new? Did Chris have a remote today? I, yeah, I know. That's probably what's disturbed the whole universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get to hear it. I wish I could have hear, heard it, but hey, I, I didn't get to hear he's it. He's up there at the uh, coaches' convention. Oh, yeah, cool. Up at the uh, the Hilton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. I wish I could have heard that. That's a neat, neat thing. And, of course, Chris knows every single solitary high school coach in the whole state. Like, has them I, on speed dial. <laughs> I imagine he probably had to explain his rankings to a few of them. <laughs> Wouldn't you like Chris, the nicest guy in the world, there explaining his rankings to somebody Very who Very non-confrontational like... <laughs> guy. That's exactly right. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? All right, so uh, here's what's happening today at SEC Media Days. You have Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Auburn, and as we speak, this very second, Gus Malzahn is up at the podium taking questions. Let's listen in. Uh, huge leaders for your team here today. Who are some other key leaders on the team that you really look to to help bring up the younger guys? You know, I think it really starts with those eight guys that were juniors that uh, you know that, that chose to to come back. I mean, I really think that's the core. Uh, leadership uh, seniors. I believe we got 23 seniors too that you know our uh, our our guys can look to. But you know it's really something special when you got that many guys that have a chance to go to the next level and they choose to come back. And um, you know there's a lot of different reasons why they come back, but um, that kind of goes back to why I say this team is uh, not only hungry but they've got a chip on their shoulder. And they feel like they have something to prove. And uh, the years that we've had leadership like that, it's worked out pretty good. Gus Malzahn at the podium right now. He's taking questions. They have seven returning on offense and seven returning on defense at Auburn. Ten-part question for you. Now I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I had a, I had a couple, uh, but didn't have a two-parter. Hey, look at Brett Hudson on ESPN. 
Uh, what are you looking there for? There he sits, I'm, I'm live and in charge. Your friends, Chad, obviously had a rough first year. Um, how much do you guys talk? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to cut it off right there. We'll move on to some other stuff. Uh, I just wanted you to know it's happening. There's Gus Malzahn. I do have to totally agree <laughs> with the text line. Well, let me let me take the word totally out. I'm going to take the word totally out. I do have to agree. Like, like totally. Yeah, I don't want to say totally. It doesn't need a qualifier. But it, on its face, I agree with PRG on the text line. <laughs> I agree, and I think that that should be applied to players, too. It says, interviews of coaches are worthless. <laughs> well. And and when, when have you heard a, a uh, concise and well-thought-out post-play interview with an athlete? Yeah, that's... I don't know. I mean, it wasn't in the pros. No. By the time they get there, maybe they've had a little more grooming. PRG, I don't know who you are or where you're listening, but you're texting the show on the text line, 885-ESPN. You mean this is worthless? Good. And uh, now he's ended up being one of our, our best players. I think he'll have a chance to, to play in the NFL. But will last year not having him, it really hurt us. <laughs> I mean, you know. No, no, I, nobody had noticed that it had hurt him. PRG follows up on the text line and says, pointless exercise. They say nothing. I get why they do it, though. Do we know yeah, It's who P- intentional. It's not an accident. You know, Roger, I'm wondering if we have somebody who, like, works for our station who makes up different names and Texas stuff during the shows. There's some – there's a small group of people who work on this station that are into that kind of thing. <laughs> Message board trolling and that kind of stuff. Yeah, trolling the other shows. It might actually be fun. We should do one. <laughs> yeah, that you could comment sometimes. Then I could, and it would be like bipolar person. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Anyway, Gus Malzahn's up there, um, and and I'm I'll spare everybody from uh, Mark Stoops and uh, Derek Mason. Stoops of Kentucky and Mason of Vandy. And let me just tell you, the Hoover Winfrey, a ghost town by this afternoon. You just, yeah, I can promise you that. I've seen it before. When you get into uh, day four of SEC Media Days, the new has worn off. I always feel sorry for the coaches and the teams that have to run out there on Thursday morning of SEC <laughs> Media Days. If it's Alabama. It kind of, wait a minute. Are you in the same place? N- no. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say it's softly quiet there. Well, what I'm saying, hey, but it, but I'm telling you, Roger, if I were sitting in the same exact spot, it would be this because I've seen it in the past. Ninety <laughs> percent of the media go home Thursday, and most like, of them, like they got raptured, boom. Yeah, right. Because they've kind of been there and done their thing. I, today is my daughter's eighth birthday. That's what Ooh. today is all about for the Wyatts. Yeah. So uh, this thing it'll. Be- for long, it'll be a pair of keys you're giving them. I don't even want to hear that, Roger. Yesterday, I was walking out of uh, I was walking out to my car at one point outside the Winfrey Hotel there in Hoover, and so getting off the elevator down into the parking garage uh, was uh, a man and a woman, a young woman, and an older guy, and so we got to talking, and he was a he is a uh, administrator at Restoration Academy outside of Birmingham. And that's where 
Mississippi State offensive lineman Dion Calhoun went to high school. Calhoun was a senior this past year and is trying to make the team of the Miami Dolphins right now. Anyway, we talked about that. And he introduced me. That was the the woman, the young woman, was his 18-year-old daughter walking with him, who is about to be a freshman this coming fall at the University of Alabama. And I said, oh, boy, 18. I said, I have one daughter, and she's eight. She'll be eight tomorrow. That's what I told him yesterday. And he goes, I said, go ahead and tell me. Everybody says it. Go ahead and tell me how fast it's going to go by. <laughs> he said, yeah, it really is. He said, you know, I think about it. Ten years ago, I had an eight-year-old right here. Now she's going to Alabama. He said, my wife always put it in perspective by saying, we have 18 summers with our kid. And when you think about it like that. If you got 18. If, yeah, but 18 summers and 18 summer vacations. And then after that, it's like you're still going to have summers and vacations, but it's different. At least that's what they said. So it did kind of put that into perspective. All right, I'm going to do an exercise with you then, Roger. But but first, a couple of, of um, points here. First of all, I'm in the Farm Bureau studio back in Mississippi. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. All of my coverage from and related to SEC Media Days in Hoover, made possible in part by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. I've been telling you all about that all week. You really need to try it if you haven't already. And you can order some. If you have a chance to go by, go see Dan Skinner and the crew up there at High Point Roasters in New Albany. They're on Highway 15. Stop in and see them. Or just get online, highpointroasters.com. And back to normal. You can text the show, like PRG. I've been reading the text line during uh, the gridiron from 10 to noon, and there's, there's some kind of f- feud going on. There's some kind of, I don't know, something going it, on between Beaver. The, yeah, the Rankin County versus the Hines County. Yeah. yeah. Some of it. A little high school smack talk going on. Well, and some of it I can't tell if it's just friendly banter. I think most or, of it is, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll take sharp, your word for Sharp it. tongues. Hey, no doubt. But anyway, um, you can text the show, 885-ESPN, or you can call the Divinity Equipment phone. I think that computer over there shut down, Roger, so you just play me the phone signal. Yes, Yesterday when James called in and you, you had the phone ringing in the background to let me know. <laughs> I thought you couldn't hear it with all the noise. Well, I could hear it. The thing is, I thought somebody around me on Radio Row had their phone ringing and wouldn't answer it. That's what it sounded like. I got. That's why I gave up on that. That's why I texted you. <laughs> so, hey, did you did you catch uh, uh, the the audio of uh, the, where they ask? Uh, oh gosh, I, I'll think about it. I, I got to get the. Uh, maybe I can find the audio. I won't. I won't spoil okay. it. I'll find right. the audio. Try to find. Is it a yeah. from yesterday or something? Yeah, or? I think it was from yesterday. Okay. Yeah. See. Yeah. Hey, I bet I know what you're gonna say. I bet what you're gonna it? say about the kid talking about his suit. No. No. Tell me about it. All right. So this is great, right? I'm talking about the Muschamp thing. Okay, no, you find that. I don't. I don't okay. have it. Okay. This was yesterday. Brett Hudson talking with Daryl Williams, the offensive lineman, Mississippi State. He's moving from guard to center. Daryl's going to be a draft pick. Big old guy wearing a full maroon suit, matching tie. Okay, and so. Some question got thrown in there to Daryl about his suit, and then he answered it and said he's not the one who picked it out. Here's the sound bite. I didn't even pick this suit. Mom's did. Mom's okay. is, is the. Is, see, listen, for a lot of people don't understand, mom's is the key 
to my success. She's the key to picking out my my phenomenal suits. I mean, she got it from a store. I forgot what store it was, but um, she picked out this suit, and I'm, and I'm just thankful for her. So I've been getting a lot of compliments about it. So. How long ago was that? Like how long did how long ago did y'all know that you would be doing this? Uh, I found out a, I found out a couple weeks ago that I'll be here. So I was looking forward to the, uh, getting me a suit, and she and she, was, she was looking forward to getting me a suit. So. And she found it pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, quickly. she found it pretty quickly. And she said, oh, you're going maroon. I said, okay then, Mom. Okay. <laughs> you said phenomenal suits as if you have. Oh, I have plenty of suits now. Okay. I, have, I, I got a closet now. I can, I can bring them out to you and show you. Uh, I, I, have, I have a navy blue suit that will blow you off the charts. Well, y'all don't, y'all don't wear suits on dog yeah, walk anymore. Yeah, no, not anymore, but so, I have suits that will blow you off the charts. So when, when do you even, when, when are you going to show go, us? Is I go to church, but I mean, I probably won't be able to show you now, but I, when I go to church, I'll send you a picture. But, uh, I got phenomenal suits. You got seven for like award season shit? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I got exactly. oh, we had maroon and white night. I think I most definitely had one. I had to win it. I had to win it. But I got the maroon one for maroon and white oh, yeah. night, right? Oh yeah, but I had a I had a uh, blue one for maroon and white night. Blue and white night. Okay. Uh, but do, do do the teammates know that, that your suit game is untouchable or is that actually I mean I don't really know it's untouchable. I mean I got some great I'm, I'm in great competition with a lot of these guys, so I'm just I just try to do my best. But you got for beat on the shoes. Oh yeah, more definitely. I don't know why you think he got the best shoes. His mom picked out his maroon suit, Roger. And he said, I got suits that'll blow you away. Got a closet full of them. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. Daryl is a character now. He was having a good time yesterday, people asking him about his clothes. But see, that's the thing. Kind of goes back to what you and PRG were saying. Now, he said, coaches, you said, when's the last time you heard a nice, clean, concise, to-the-point interview with a player? And look, it's SEC Media Days. You got 14 schools, and every school brings three guys, three players. And a lot of years, the most interesting thing is what they're wearing. Yeah. Because it's July and we hadn't practiced, much less played. <laughs> so, but it was, what else are we going to do? You know, I mean, we need to do something around here. So we do this we dress them up, we ask them about their shoes and their suits. It, all right. <laughs> Try this one on for size. Roger, there's a pun in there, a double entendre somewhere in there. This is Farad Green. I just did three quick questions. See if it is to the point and concise. I thought it was pretty good. With Farad Green, senior tight end, Mississippi State. Um, it's a great experience. I'm glad to be here with my, my two of my great teammates and my coach. Um, it's just a great all-around experience to finally be here. And I always watched it growing up, and it's a great honor. You prefer the suit and tie or not? Yeah, I do, because it's different. You don't too much. You don't really bring out the suit uh, much, so yeah. This uh, particular year, one where everybody downstairs and right here, media are talking about who you're replacing. Yeah. You know, guys on defense that went in the first round, uh, replacing a quarterback. When you get questions about those unknowns on this team, mm -hmm. what's your answer to that? Um, we lost some great, great, great players to the draft. Um, you can't really replace them. But you definitely have guys behind them that have been learning from them, and they're ready to step up with a huge chip on their shoulder. Okay. I mean, that's it. Okay. What do you think about that? I mean, we're not critiquing for Rod's interview. I'm just saying an athlete interview that I thought was kind of to the point, and they got a chip on their shoulder, and it will be okay. Well, how about some coach audio with a chip on the shoulder? Yeah, so you want coaches to be a little chippy. We talked about that now. Let's, I, I was well, listen to this one. All right, let me hear it. Uh, Coach, your in-state rival, Clemson, has become a national powerhouse, winning two out of the last four national championships. 
has South Carolina kind of became like the little brother to Clemson? No, we're not the little brother. That? We're not. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good size. Nice. No, hey, look. Yeah, well, Definitive. Look at, it's to the point. Yeah. No, we're not the little brother. No. No. Yeah, the look on his face, though. I wish we could convey that over the airways. But uh. Roger, um, several years ago, you remember back during the Masters, we talked to Don Williams a couple of times, my friend Don? Yeah. Who's been covering the Masters for, he? I mean, like 35 years or something. But he's been in sports and sports media and sports radio and everything for a long time. He is a – he's way up the food chain now with Learfield, okay? Lives out in Dallas, works there, travels all over the country – but he used to be the manager of Bulldog Sports Properties. So in terms of my contract with them to be the analyst on state football broadcasts, he was the guy who hired me and all that kind of stuff. And we became friends over that time. And he tells me that to this day, I said the dumbest thing that's ever been said on sports radio during a post-game broadcast after a Mississippi State game in about 2011. The context here is that he is from the state of South Carolina. Don is. And he used to, he he sort of, Clemson fan, sort of. But for a long time, he worked on the radio broadcast crew for South Carolina. At one point, he did sidelines. At one point, Don went way up the food chain doing play-by-play stuff for Westwood One and different things. And he, he did a sports talk show on the radio in South Carolina for many, many years with um, Phil Kornblut, who uh, is still up there doing a show called Sports Talk South Carolina, I think is what it's called, or something like that. But anyway, so he has this intimate understanding of the dynamic and the rivalry in the state of South Carolina, South Carolina-Clemson. Well, this was a particular year when South Carolina had punched its ticket to the SEC championship game kind of before the season ended. And I made the comment, you know, I'm not too sure. I know it's a rivalry, but I'm not too sure how invested South Carolina is going to be in this Clemson game because they're going to be looking ahead to the SEC championship game a couple weeks later. (laughs) And he tells me that if I knew anything about Clemson and South Carolina, I would understand that that is the dumbest thing that's ever been said on radio. He still makes that claim to this day. And so I think because of all that and, and because of him. He doesn't listen to our other shows. Though. Well, apparently not. But he, he, he's been needling about me about that ever since. And because of that, I've become a little more aware that, yes, some of the worst fights that have ever happened between two college football teams were between Clemson and South Carolina. The fact is, we it may not necessarily be much on our radar here in Mississippi, but the fact is, you know, they talk about toxicity in this Egg Bowl rivalry and that kind of thing. That is a ferocious rivalry, South Carolina-Clemson. Can you imagine as a, let me just say it like this, if as an Ole Miss fan maybe, if you're an Ole Miss fan, can you imagine how you and everybody would feel if Mississippi State had won two out of the last four national championships, can you imagine what it'd be like around here? And flip it. Hey, State fans, can you imagine 
what it would feel like around here if Ole Miss had won two out of the last four national championships? <laughs> Roger, so can you... What's the nastiest rivalry? It's a good question. All I know is that they talk about the respect in that Iron Bowl deal, Alabama-Auburn, there is on the field. But people, they have poisoned trees in Auburn, and people have been shot, literally. It's a, almost a yearly thing because of the Iron Bowl results in the state of Alabama. I know Alabama, they, they used to hate Tennessee pretty bad. Yeah, it's nothing now. They, they had their own version of their song and everything. Yeah. We can't do it on the air. <laughs> nope. Just getting started here. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Odds to win the NFL MVP this year out. Tom Brady, best odds at 14 to 1. Tom Brady, best odds to win the NFL MVP, 14 to 1. He's 43 years old. Think about that. Football is a team game, brother. Um, Phillip Rivers next at 20 to 1. What in the world? I guess nobody ever wins it back-to-back, so. Patrick Mahomes is not up there, so they don't put odds on him. Is that what it is? That's crazy. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Steven was listening, parts unknown. Roger, he sent me a uh, message that said his stepbrother played for South Carolina when Lou Holtz was the coach there, and he said the rivalry with Clemson was really serious, like something serious. Yeah. Hence the laughter when I uttered the words that South Carolina was probably looking past that game, not too concerned with it since they had already wrapped up the East. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Right. But, you know, people have said similar things about the Egg Bowl, it seems like. You know, they're they're looking towards that bowl game or, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. Well, and, you know, the one time that... The state's not really Ole Miss's primary rival. Well, depends on who you ask. That's right. That's right. But I also think that that's been part of the reason that state's been able to gain some ground since the rivalry moved back to campus starting in 91 when they moved it away from Jackson. Started playing it back on college campus, you know, every year, alternating it. And state's been able to gain some ground in the rivalry since then because nobody at state has ever made. Um, any bones about it, been disillusioned in any way, that's the team we want to beat right over there. They're rare they are up there. That's the rival. Whereas not, you know, I think it, at Ole Miss there's always been a little bit of wanting to see if they could, you know, insert themselves into the LSU thing a little bit more because LSU is always so prominent. Expand their horizons. Yeah, expand it. You know, and it, it probably made sense if you're trying to be a national brand, if you could really – from their perspective, if you could have, uh, what's the right word? Because it wouldn't be organic. If you could somehow manufacture 
a a rivalry with LSU, you know, relive it or revive it from back in the 50s, if you could revive it and then kind of manufacture it getting to the forefront and becoming branded and people being aware of it, that would it certainly would benefit Ole Miss if they could pull that off. The problem is they haven't been able to pull it off because, you know, LSU, Ole Miss has beaten them some, but LSU has more recent prominence and better recruiting classes and more 10-win seasons and and so, no competition. Yeah, and Louisiana. so that's right in Louisiana. And so LSU Bama for the last ten to fifteen years has become what a lot of Ole Miss people hoped LSU Ole Miss would become, but instead it's LSU Bama. And uh, yeah, so you know it's an interesting dynamic. I brought it up earlier. It's on the text line eight eight five ESPN. I just said I'd been. Looking over the last couple of days on the text line. And something's going on on the show. You know, the Gridiron and my show, we swapped spots a couple of weeks ago. So here we are in the middle of the day, and they are on in the mornings 10 to noon. But I've been noticing there's something going on. Like, they're back and forth, and this guy Chris and... Getting rowdy. And Beaver... And so Chris is trying to educate me on their little thing they've spat they've got going on. And Chris texts the show and said, Matt, Brooks's son Beaver <laughs> can't ex- <laughs> can't I don't have a beaver. <laughs> he says Brooks's son Beaver can't accept the fact that football is actually played outside of Rankin County. <laughs> I'm talking Chris is Chris is now expanding this thing he's got going with Beaver into now he's going to educate me and everybody else on it. I need to I need to know because it's a heated deal. I promise you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a heated deal. Hey, all right, here you go. SEC Network, uh, Dory Noqua, talking yesterday with new Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. He's the only underclassman. He is a freshman because he took advantage of the four game rule that. You can still keep your year of eligibility. So he's got four years left. He's a freshman. He's the only underclassman that went to SEC Media Days. Here's that interview. Ole Miss redshirt freshman quarterback. You took advantage of the new redshirt rules last year. You got to play in four games. How did that prepare you for what will be essentially another freshman season? Uh, I think it just gave me the confidence I needed and, you know, just to experience what SEC football is like. What changes with Rich Rodriguez running the offense? Uh, really just, you know, that edge he brings to this team, that offense. You know, if anyone knows the way he coaches, it, it's contagious. And it's, you know, I personally, I like the way he coaches because it makes me just want to be the better, pers- uh, better football player on and off. When you say the way he coaches, describe it. He's got a fire in him, man. Just just anything he does on that field. When when practices start, he's a different person than when he is in the in the film room. You know, he taps into another level. You know, like a lot of kids on the team. You know, he's he's just got that fire in him, and he's a perfectionist. If it's not done right, he'll make sure it's done right. How familiar were you with Rich Rod from West Virginia, Michigan, Arizona? How much did you know about him before he got there? I didn't know much until he got here, and then that's when I was excited. When I got his, when I knew his back and figured it out, I was excited to work with him for sure. Biggest thing you learned watching Jordan Tamu? Uh, biggest thing I learned watching Jordan Tamu was just, you know, uh, don't overthink stuff. You know, just don't 
you know, tell yourself you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be here in this position. You're supposed to be in this situation. And, you know, be prepared. You know, always be prepared. Watch film. Know, know your keys and know your reads. Rich Rod offense. I want to go back to that for a second. Quarterbacks run a lot. Is that something like, is that in the arsenal or is it, are you not necessarily going to be doing? So my strong suit's running. We're going to run the ball. My strong suit's passing. We're going to pass the ball. I mean, we could do anything, to be honest. Um, I, I believe Rich Rod, he knows what he's doing. He has a plan coming in, coming into game one. It's interesting when you hear the quarterback, you know, call his um, coach by what has become sort of the, Nickname, a combination of students. He just called him Rich Rod. Because, <laughs> you know, in the building, Matt Corral's not walking around saying, hey, Rich Rod. It's Coach or Coach Rodriguez, right? What do they call him? Coach Rod? You think they call him Rich Rod? I mean, most players are going to say Coach something. I yeah, doubt they're know. calling him Richie. Richie yeah. Baby. Yeah, Richie Baby. Yeah, they're not doing that. Uh, you want to be a part of the show, one way to do that is on the Divini Equipment phone. You can call me on the phone. It's a 601 number. Local, baby. 995-1059. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That's right. In the whole country. They've been doing it better, longer, than anyone else at uh, Divini Equipment. Again, the Divini phone. 601-995-1059. Give me a shout. Phone line's open to you. It was um, good to see Gator Greg walked up to us there on Radio Row and said hello and sat down, chatted a bit. He even gave me a Chick-fil-A gift card. Well, we told you that, didn't we, Roger, that he gave us a gave me oh, a yeah. Chick-fil-A gift card. I put it in my pocket, and uh, Gator Greg, I will admit, I brought it home, and that was kind of de facto my daughter's first birthday present. <laughs> He'd probably she, rather give it to her anyway. She he would. She loves Chick Fil A. Yeah, so I uh, handed it off to her. The giving of gifts for Mary Lady's eighth birthday has already begun today. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right. So you heard Matt Corral coming up. Matt Luke talked to the SEC Network guys about his vacation and how he got his tan. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And I'll let you hear it, too, coming up on the show. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Train heading downhill, brother. Coach Jackie Sherrill used to tell us, let's just get that train going downhill on them because if we do, it's hard for them to get it going back uphill. (laughs) Once it goes down, it's hard to get it back up. Show is. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, and friendly service. I'm staying connected to you all week because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. 
customer-inspired at Seaspire. Get your coffee at High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. You're missing out if it's not what's in your cup. My cup runneth over. And then I start slurping on it. Uh, the mailman in Jackson said that players at Ole Miss may call Rich Rod, hey, Richie baby, but only once. <laughs> <laughs> only once. And uh, we were talking about, I've been accused of uh, saying the dumbest things that have ever been said on sports radio. Louvier said, the dumbest thing I've ever heard on this station. This ought to be good. Louvier says the dumbest thing I've ever heard on this station was John Wiener saying, the only reason teams run the ball is to set up the pass. (laughs) (laughs) And he remembered that. Oh, man. Well, Louvier reminds us that, you know, I guess I learned it and we've all learned it. It's hot takes are fun. You know, get us some attention. I could do it. My thing is I don't like people bringing it up five years later. Because when you do say something out of line, or that can be easily, you know, I don't know, busted, nobody ever forgets it. (laughs) And that's the thing. That's the thing about live radio. Was it an opinion, or was it Satan stating a fact? The only only reason teams run the ball is to set up the pass. I mean, it's not necessarily true. Matt Luke got a tan. We found that out on one of the interviews on the SEC Network. At least you're having fun with it. I like it. you know. But prior to that, in that conversation on the desk on the SEC Network, he talked about the coordinators. I think Matt's doing a, a good job, actually, of um, you know spreading the message and talking about positives and NCAA stuff is behind you, no longer hanging over you, and the new coordinators and that kind of thing. Here's a little bit of that. Just talk about what it's been like so far having them in spring, in the spring, in the summer, and getting to know those guys. I, I think we've had a very uh, productive and busy offseason. You know, obviously a huge, huge signing class, 31 players to get back to that number of 85. Love what we did with our staff. I think with the hiring of, of Mike and Rich, I think it made, it made a statement about our commitment to winning, about right. where we're going. And then, then there's the obvious of us being able to compete to get back to the postseason. I think uh, that's why there's a renewed energy and confidence around our building there's almost a feeling of, of normalcy yeah if you will and uh you know not having to talk about the clouds and walking into a, a recruits living room and selling old miss uh for the family and the great the great mm-hmm. place that it is it's amazing and and i look at rich rodriguez specifically uh we'll let coach ask about coach mcintyre uh but i just think about what he's going to bring especially knowing what scotty phillips has brought to the yeah. offense and knowing that you really want to become more balanced yeah. offensively so how much do you anticipate the the image of this offense changing? I mean, philosophically, I know it's going to adjust slightly, but in a perfect world, how would you describe what Ole Miss's offense is going to be? Well, I, I liked what he did schematically, but even more important than that was the attitude that he brought, the toughness. He, he calls it a hard edge. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to jump in just real quick. I'm going to play the rest of that, but Green Okra just texted the show, and it said, and Green Okra says, hey, Matt, do you think the Ole Miss running game will help things, uh, help turn things around? Green Oak, a, a timely question. I want you to listen to the rest of this answer from Matt Luke. 
our guys going out and playing that way. I think that's important with a young offense, especially to develop that attitude. And I'm really excited. You know, I think Rich's mindset is you got to defend all 11 players. Right. Well, you, you know, as, as, a, as a defensive coach, you have to account for all 11 all the time to defend the field vertically, horizontally, uh, you know, and he's got a lot of experience. You talk about the zone read, the guy basically invented it. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think that's cool to walk into a, uh, a home and sell that to a quarterback. He's had his offense have had 17 straight thousand yard rushers. And, uh, and, I, and I think that mentality <laughs> will, will help will help our defense also be successful. Yeah. All right. So did you hear that? So, Green Oakery, you're asking about Ole Miss and you know philosophy and will the Ole Miss running game help them turn things around. Um, I mean, the answer is yes. Now, yes, if it's successful, that's a deal. But in that scheme and the way they operate in the Rich Rodriguez scheme, run, pass, RPO, run, pass, option stuff, but how to get it all set up, um, he just said that Rich Rodriguez has had 17 straight 1,000-yard rushers. I didn't know that was a stat, but it's pretty impressive to me. And it tells you that just he is a coach that the way he coaches offense is they run the ball. And contrary to belief, it's not just to set up the pass, but it does set up the pass. But I think you got your answer right there, Green Oakery. You know, do you think the Ole Miss running game is going to help turn things around? Yeah. I mean, they it, it was one of the sore spots. Couldn't run the ball. You know, and I was talking with Brett Norsworthy this week in that interview uh, there at SEC Media Days, and he talked about some scenarios and games where they would – some games they had a lead. There were some games where they had a lead over the last three, four years, but especially the last two when – you know, your defense is thin. They're giving up points. You're trying to outscore people. You have a late lead. And in those situations, just did not have the ability or really even the scheme and the commitment to running the ball to go out and kill some clock. And he mentioned a couple of specific things where instead of going out and protecting a lead late in the game, they'd go out and have two three and outs. It took up a grand total of 45 seconds. And defense runs right back out there, gives up scores, and you lose the game. So the running game and committing to it, man, yeah. And it look, it sounds old-fashioned. We, we all want to see a, a wide-open, explosive offense. Yeah, I do too. I mean, everybody does for their team. You want to see points scored and throw it up the field and all that kind of stuff. But those things are derivatives of – you are a constant threat to hand it off and stick it right down somebody's throat running the ball. Running game and defense, it sounds old-fashioned, but it's not. It's how you win. It's how you must win. You can just find all the examples. Find them. Find me the passing teams that have been pass-happy, that have been, find me the passing teams that are almost exclusively pass, who've won the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> they do not exist. Not, not a single one. You know, the closest thing, help me out now, but the, if you look around the SEC, in the last 25 years, the closest thing you've had to a team that was good, that wanted to just air the ball out, 
There was no power run game. It was air this sucker out and throw it a bunch. That was successful. Is Kentucky and Tim Couch. There's your example. Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy at Kentucky. Right? And they would throw it up and down the field, sure. And you know, they didn't come anywhere near going to the SEC championship game. It's defense and run the ball. That better be the bread and butter. And see, I, this is what I like. The Punisher on the text line says, Danny Werfel in Florida. They could absolutely throw the ball, air it out. But as somebody brought up on this show a couple weeks ago, the thing that we forget is those Florida teams had 1,000-yard rushers. Fred Taylor. Go look up what Fred Taylor did. See, that was in an era in the mid-'90s before college teams were really hitting a bunch of throws down the field. You know, Miami did it in the early-'90s. Gino Toretta, and they got to the national title game and then just got run out of there by Alabama, who couldn't throw it, but they could sure run it and play defense. And Alabama embarrassed Miami with a month to get, or several weeks to get ready for them. Then you go mid-90s, Florida's really the only team with great success that is hitting these the fade routes up the field and these receivers who are just phenomenal and worthful, pumping it up in the air to them. Well, all the while, they had Fred Taylor, who's a constant threat to make five yards running the ball. They were, they were excellent in the run game. That's why they kept getting one-on-one coverage. <laughs> it's because you couldn't stop their run game. So it was part of it. So there just are no examples of teams where they pretty much are explosive in the pass game exclusively, and that's it, and went and won championships. It does not happen. The physical part of football, which is run the ball, stop the run, is where the game is won and lost. Ultimately. I'm not talking about one game. I'm talking about the battle, the season. That physical deal where I can step up to you and tell you what I'm doing and still whip you. Because in football, like they said the other day, it's the only sport where you get to grab the other guy and move him around. Legally. And if we can win that part of it, run the ball, stop the run, we can do whatever else we want, and we're going to win. But if you can't, you won't win. It'd be fun. we have some receivers drafted. We'll score some points in some non-conference games, but let Alabama and LSU roll up in there and see what happens. It's a different deal in the SEC. Hour one in the books, hour two coming up. Stick around. 